I value hustle, you know, for what it is. There are times where I think hustle is really valuable. If you're awake and aware to the fact that that is not required for you to live the life that you want, right? There are times that I will really go all in and it's fun and it feels good, right? It's just, I don't have to hustle all the time to create the results I want or to be worthy of them. Hello, hello. Today I'm talking to Erica Lester, a freedom success mentor and soulful business builder. We have an epic conversation about how to get into the magic, how to step out of hustle and into flow. We talk about manifestation, quantum leaping, shifting your identity, and everything you need to make a massive change in your life. I know you're going to love this episode. Without further ado, let's welcome Erica onto the show. Hello, Erica. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. How are you doing? I am fantastic and I'm super excited to be here too. I cannot wait for this conversation. It's going to be so good. The thing that I love about interviewing people like you and having a show like this is I get expanded as we have these conversations and I can already tell this is going to be one of those that we're going to leave with fuller hearts. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. And it's so true, right? Like every interaction we have in this way is just a level of expansion for all of us involved. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. Well, welcome. I'm excited you're here. Um, Can you start off by just telling us a little bit about you? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Erica Lester. I am a currently calling myself a freedom success mentor. Um, My identity changes a lot, so that's super fun. And I'm really passionate about helping women really unlock and unleash their fullest potential through ease and flow and learning how to live a life that feels as good on the inside as it looks on the outside. Um, I have a past as we all do. Um, And I spent about 20 years really in that hustle mentality, building, you know, what on paper looked like a super successful life, right? Like I had a great career, I'd built a great business, I was making more money than basically anyone I knew. Happily married, two beautiful kids, you know, we had the house, the cars, the vacations, the dogs, all the stuff. Um, But internally, I was really dying on the inside and I didn't understand why that was. And through my own personal journey and really unlocking like what it means to be a, a woman and a professional and a mom and all the things and still having that, you know, epic mental health. I've discovered that really what my problem was, was that I was totally disconnected from my soul um, and I really wasn't listening to who I was. And so um, I've gone on to create a new business and completely transform my professional life to be able to help women who are struggling, you know, with what success is supposed to be and really not feeling the way they know they're meant to feel. And I'm really blessed to be able to help women like I was find their way to lives that feel as good on the inside as they look on the outside. That's amazing. Oh, there's so much in there. I (laughs) thank you for doing what you do because that is deeply needed. And it is so interesting how a lot of us, and it's a practice of awareness, but we can fall into, oh, if I had this much extra money, or if I had, you know, owned a home, or if I had a child, or if I had my soulmate, or if we get a dog, whatever it is, it's just going to add it, you know, then I'll be happy. I'm going to just be able to feel that sense of ease and every single time. And this happens over and over. Well, I say, I want more money or three more clients or whatever it is. And I get that. I'm like, Oh, well, I'm still stuck in my own energy, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's so fascinating how we truly can have these things that other people look at and we even envy when we're not in them, but then it doesn't bring that fulfillment. So can you talk a little bit more about that and what you think that that is and, and how you see that manifest in women's lives? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's something I still catch myself in, right? Like looking at goals for my business or whatever, I still catch myself like holding back from feeling the way I want to feel until I have the thing, right? And the reason that we do that, it's not our natural state, right? Like if you look back at when you were a really small child, you weren't looking externally for things to make you feel a certain way. You were very expressive and feeling all of the things and enjoying life and right, like just playing in your life. But over time, our society through, you know, I don't think that anyone's really doing it intentionally, but we're being conditioned to believe that external results, external things are the way to us feeling the way we want to feel, right? Whether it's we need a partner or a loved one to make us feel worthy of being loved or to make us feel complete. Don't get me started on that line from Jerry Maguire that just so frustrates me <laughs> or like the next money goal right like for me it was it was really about like checking the boxes off and I see this a lot in my clients too it's like as we check these boxes off it's like our checklist for being worthy of having the life we want or feeling like we're successful or or we've done enough to experience what we really want to experience right and we shove down our dreams and the things that we really want for this checklist that we're conditioned to believe is the thing that if we complete it, then somehow we've done good in our life and we're good enough to have been here or whatever, right? But the problem is, is as you check those boxes off, pretty soon you run out of boxes, which is exactly what happened to me. I ran out of boxes to check. And then I was like, well, shit, now what, right? Like there's nothing else to chase. And because I've been conditioned to believe that it's the external things that are going to make me feel a certain way, I was so confused and lost because I didn't feel the way I was told I was going to after I had created that successful life. And on top of that, because I was a mom and a wife and I'm a woman, I felt so guilty for not being happy. Because I was looking at these two beautiful children and my amazing husband who, if you met him, like this man is, he's just the most amazing person I've ever met and all the things we had. Right. And there are all these people in the world struggling and people in my inner circle who didn't have the money or who had horrible relationships or sick kids or whatever. And here I was feeling like dissatisfied. Right. And, and so guilty because I felt dissatisfied for this perfect life that I'd created. Right. And this is the conditioning that happens to us. And we don't talk about it because God forbid anybody knew I wasn't happy in that moment. How selfish was I that I wanted more than what I had, right? And so we don't talk about it. We just suffer in silence trying to figure out what to do or why we're so disappointed, but we don't talk about it. And I think it's much more prevalent in our society than, than a lot of people realize because we are suffering in silence because we're embarrassed. Mm, yeah. And especially high achievers or people that have what on in North America, we're supposed to have as our boxes, our kids, our home, our this, our that it's like, yeah. How selfish are you for not being happy? You know what? There's people over here that don't have X, Y, Z and you're sitting around. And then, so then we silence it. We stuff it down. Like, who am I to be unhappy with my life? And to me, it's so interesting. Cause I always, as you know, 
everything is working for us. So that, that disconnected emotion of like guilt, shame, just restlessness, unhappy, lack of fulfillment. That is a message from source saying like, look over here, look somewhere different that that wholeness isn't going to come from the next handbag or $10,000 or whatever else. And that's a signal, but we don't take it as a signal. We just look at it as what's wrong with me. Right. It's just so interesting. Well, and it gets louder and louder, right? That's the thing about source, spirit, God, whatever terminology you want to use, right? Universe. Like it doesn't give up on you. It just keeps getting louder and which louder equals more painful, right? Like I kept pushing through because you're right. Like as a high achiever, and these are the kind of women I work with because it's like as a high achiever, I am used to doing everything on my own, right? I'm used to pushing through until I make it happen. Yeah. And it's like, that is like, <laughs> it's like the most stubborn, obstinate way we can possibly be taught to be, right? Because there's no way in my human form as this, you know, this part of me that's here in this human reality that I can ever outwit or outpush or out hustle the source of all that is, right? Like, there's no way. I am limited by this human existence I'm in right now. And it's great and it's fantastic. And that's a totally different story, right? But it's like, high achievers keep pushing because we're so used to just doing it until it works, right? Mm -hmm. And not giving up. But the problem is, is it the pain gets dialed up and, and the message gets louder in whatever way as we're ignoring it, not because we're being punished, right? It's not because we're being punished and we did something wrong or like life hates us or whatever. It's because we are that loved. We are so loved that spirit or source will never give up on us. And it will continue to bring us messages until we are forced to listen. Because on the other side of that is the life that you really came here to live, right? It's that life of freedom and fulfillment and passion and purpose and play and ease and all the good things that that you know deep down in your heart you want, but you don't actually believe are possible because we have been conditioned to think that life is a struggle and you have to hustle and and all of those things that we hear all the time, right? Yeah. And, and when we're constantly reaching goals yet not fulfilled, it even on a deeper level shows us that like, oh, I guess that wasn't it. I guess that wasn't. And it's like, it kind of just perpetuates the cycle. And it's just so interesting how you're saying that it's like, you're so loved that the message keeps getting louder and louder. And most people at that point go, is the universe forgetting about me? Like, why the hell am I having bills and my marriage fell apart and my health is deteriorating or whatever? Is the universe forgetting me? Like, come on, what's up? But it's the total opposite. It is showing you and trying to guide your attention attention in a different way. And like you said, it usually is suffering because I'll say to people, you know, we don't need to rock bottom, but nothing changes our direction. Like a good old fashioned rock bottom, right? It just is right in your face. You cannot ignore it anymore. And what better gift, what better gift? Thank you universe. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the paradox. If you're uncomfortable, it's because you're not getting the memo. It's not because you're being punished. Yeah. And it's, I love that you said that because it literally, I mean, if you take the metaphor of rock bottom, there is no other way to go, but up, right? Like, (laughs) like rock bottom is like, that's it, right? You can't, you can't fall any farther, right? You've, you've come there. And I really did hit a rock bottom for me. And I try to, in my, you know, in my content and with my clients and everything, I'm always on this mission to like, get the message out before you have to experience the rock bottom, right? in the way that I did. And that I know a lot of people do because in the moment, it's really hard to be thankful for that. 
because it hurts, you know, because you really are in a bad place and it's uncomfortable and and painful and all of that stuff. But the good news is, even if you don't shift course before you rock bottom, it will come for you. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So how did you kind of take your, I mean, it's always a series of course correcting in this seeker journey, but how did you really pivot out of that hustle overachiever type mentality into, you know, what you're doing now? So I, you know, and, and I said this before, it's like, I still struggle with this, right? I had I don't know, 25, 30 years of being the hustle, being the high achiever, being the one that made stuff happen that other people couldn't even imagine was possible. And so even in my business now, I still have to catch myself. Like, you know, it's like, am I working because I love what I'm doing and this feels right? Or am I working because I feel like I need to be working, you know, eight hours a day or whatever. Um, so it's a, it's an ongoing thing for me. And I value hustle for what it's, you know, for what it is. There are times where I think hustle is really valuable. If you're awake and aware to the fact that that is not required for you to live the life that you want, right? There are times where I'm in, you know, the middle of a launch or I've got a lot of clients that are going through some stuff that I will really like go all in and it's fun and it feels good, right? Because I, there is a part of me that enjoys that hustle mentality and that high achiever mentality. So it's not like I totally flipped the switch off. It's just being awake and aware to the fact of like, I don't have to hustle all the time to create the results I want or to be worthy of them. I can move in and out of that. And for me now, hustle actually looks a lot more like flow. It's just flow times 10,000, right? Like, like I'm really sucked into the energy of whatever I'm creating or whatever I'm doing. But to go back to, I guess, that really pivotal moment for me where I realized I couldn't continue to do what I was doing, because that's what it was. It was like, I can't keep doing this. First of all, I don't know what other boxes to check. And second of all, I was being a really like not present mom or wife. You know, I was struggling with a lot of mental health stuff. And I felt like I was failing at the one job I'd always wanted, which was to be a mom. And my kids were, they're adults now, but at the time they were like preteen teen. And I can remember standing in my room and I've told this story a thousand times, but I was literally to the point where I didn't know what to do next. And I was holding my car keys in my hand and I was contemplating suicide. I was literally thinking, I was hurting so much. I was thinking about leaving my house, driving my car off a cliff somewhere and never coming back and literally leaving my kids, you know, motherless. And it was in that moment where I realized like, obviously I've screwed up somewhere, right? Like this is not what, this is not the promised land I was told I was going to get if I checked all these boxes and did all these things, right? And so it was in that moment where I was like, okay, well, I obviously have to figure something else out. And I had this vision of my daughters being grown women with families and jobs and, and careers and all this stuff and being in the position where I was in, in that moment. And all I could think was, this is not the legacy I will give to my children, right? There has got to be a better way. And I'm going to figure out how to show my daughters what it really means to be a successful woman, what it really means to create a life that not only looks good, but is actually the experience you want to live. And, and I love to, to talk about, like, it lights you up from the inside, right? 
this was the legacy I wanted to hand to my children. And it was in that moment where my high achiever mentality and my hustle mentality actually came in really handy because I spent the next several years really struggling on my own to figure out what that was. But every day I got up and I said to myself, you know, it's a new day. We're going to figure out something. I'm going to laugh a little more today than I did yesterday. Right. Like I was really committed to this idea of like, how do I get to be the person who was happy? Right. How do I get to be the person who's super fulfilled and is creating this life from the inside out? Because that is what I wanted to give my kids as they grew up. I didn't want to give them this like, you know, this addiction to struggle and, and experience that we've all kind of been handed. And it's the reason that I do what I do now, because I looked for people to help me. You know, I was looking for women as examples. I was looking for, you know, therapists, coaches, mentors, books, whatever. And I really couldn't find anything at that point that showed me there was a better way to do this. Um, and it's, it's one thing I share with my clients a lot is that your commitment, your why, right? People talk about your why all the time, your why, your reason for finding a different way is what will hold you through the times where you want to quit or it feels too hard or it looks too ugly or whatever it is. Because the journey is so valuable, right? You know, it's so valuable. It's so worth it. It's so important, but it isn't always easy, right? Sometimes it's hard and sometimes it feels like crap and sometimes you think you're crazy, um, but it's definitely always worth it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. That's a, I really hear you on that. I have, um, three kids, two daughters and they're, you know, eight and almost 12. So it's kind of that age where I, I, it, yeah, it's, it's like teaching them how to be fulfilled and how to be happy and how, you know, I have one kid that's very sensitive, very much an empath, very much an inside person, um, rich inner world. And the other one is like explosive energy and really active and really out. So they interpret the world differently. And so who I am being and what I'm teaching them is no longer about the farm animals and the ABCs. Of course, there's things you teach them, but it's really shifted in the last few years into like, who am I being? Because that is actually what they see. That is actually what's going to mold their tendencies in life and, and what they think is normal and what they believe, you know, we have a huge influence over them. They are very independent in their own people and they're witnessing you every day. So I just really hear you in that. It's such a, you know, it's such a crazy ride to move from stuff into fulfillment. And in the middle of that is a lot of mush. It's a lot of in-between. It's a lot of uncertainty. It's a lot of goo, right? I call it like the goo phase where we don't really know what we're doing and we don't really have an up and down, but we know there's something more. And that to me is so when spirit is whispering and you're finally, well, spirit's always whispering, but when you're finally able to listen or at least entertain a new way. Yeah. And it's like, I'm so grateful for that. Like that that call, because all of those years that I'm talking about, I was pushing that down, right? Like you're talking about, like spirits listening, or I mean, spirits whispering, right? And I wasn't listening. I was pushing it all down because I was surrounded by people who, at least outwardly, were more normal than me, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, they seemed content and they, they, they were focused on quote unquote normal things. And I always had this feeling of like, I don't fit in this life. Like, 
it, it didn't fit me. The only reason that I did all of that was because I wanted my kids to be safe. And at the time I had children, safety to me meant like creating this life where we, you know, had money in a house and a roof over their head and all that stuff. Right. And, but spirit was always whispering to me and that's why the pain kept getting turned up. Right. The struggle kept getting turned up because I wasn't living the life I was meant to be living. I wasn't. And no harm, no foul, right? Like the journey is a journey and it's beautiful and wonderful. And of course, all of the things I went through is what allows me to do what I'm doing now. So no, it's not like I regret it, but I have clarity now to be able to see like, oh, that's why I felt that way. And that's why that thing happened. And, you know, when you look back on your journey with that kind of awareness, it's like, oh yes, it is all happening for us, right? The struggle is not about, like I said before, it's not about you being punished. It's trying to course correct you, right? It's trying to pull you out of that conditioning that's telling you, like, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And if if you're not happy with that or you're not doing that thing over there, then you're weird and something's wrong with you and you're selfish or whatever the stories are, right? But when you can flip that and recognize that, like, the pain is just the signal you need in the moment to sit up and listen, right? You actually can learn through pleasure too, it's, right? But in the moment, I needed that pain because I wasn't listening to pleasure, right? I wasn't listening to like the happy stuff. It was the pain that was getting my attention. And and it's it's really freeing when you realize you're not being punished for something. It simply is feedback, right? It's feedback to try to correct your path and bring you back to who you really are and like unleash the fullest identity that you're here to express and experience. Mm, I love that. And I love how, you know, when you're looking back at that time and all the hustle and the hard work, you know, there's a lot of people that are entering this journey very similar to you going like, what? So that's bad. Like I should just sit around and surrender more. And it's like, well, yes, surrender is a very important part, but it's also, I love you touched on it before, and I want to go to this place of like the difference between hustle and inspired action where you get a shit ton done because you're in the zone. And that's the stuff when a musician's writing a song or someone's painting a painting or you're writing your book or creating a course. Right now I'm immersed in course creation. I'm doing so much, but not one part of it is like, oh, I got to do this. It's like I get lost in the energy and I, yes, I have a checklist of creating this list and doing this sales page, but I'm so into it that I love it. And I want to do it. And I'm like, Ooh, babe, on Saturday, can I have a few hours in my office? That's so different than the like day in and day out, burnt out overachiever, like that energy of that hustle is almost like you can't delegate. There's no boundaries. It's based on your worth. You just should. And inspired action is more like, I am so excited from the inside out that I don't want to eat and sleep. I want to do this and get a lot done. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's what I often refer to as flow, right? It's like, there's a difference between grind and flow, right? And flow is really, for me, it's being tapped into this. And this is something I love to teach, especially people who are like recovering high achievers, right? Or recovering grinders, right? It's like flow is really being tapped into like the source of your creative potential, which is spirit, right? It's source. It's the universe. Like you are here my belief is that the part of you that inhabits this physical body is like just a minute portion of who you really are, right? It's just like this leading edge piece of the fullness of who you actually are. And for me, when you're in flow and you can cultivate this, it's not something you just have to wait to hit you like lightning or whatever, right? Like you can actually cultivate this connection 
and tap into that larger part of yourself. And when you do, and you're really in that space, then you're downloading all of this amazing creative content or these exciting ideas or whatever it is, right? And in that moment, time expands, right? You become this like, I don't know, this like portal of massive universal energy that just flows through you and you get more done in less time and it's fun and it's exciting and it can be kind of addicting and <laughs> and everything that comes through you is what's meant to come through you right so it's not you know when you're grinding you've got this list of things that you're doing and you're trying to force creation or you're trying to force something to happen and when you're in flow you're just so tapped into that energy that it just happens and it happens quickly and it happens easily and it feels good. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful space to be. Yeah. And, and that's when we can take that tendency to hustle tendency to go, go, go and really use it. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's sort of something else, um, in my last point is like, it's good. And all those years you spent hustling, you develop the muscle of hard work of focus. There's things when I go in hustle mode that I realize more tools about like time management or this or that, cause I got to get stuff done, but I don't need to stay in there. Like you were saying before, it's like adrenaline is in a place we're supposed to stay in, but we can hop over a fence. If we're running from our, for our, our lives from a bear, we're meant to use that adrenaline, but not live in the adrenaline. It's the same with, I think with the hustle and, and you can be even in flow where you're just getting so much done. It feels so good, but there needs to also be that recalibration. And I think when people talk about balance, it's slightly irritating because I don't know really <laughs> what balance is, you know, just get in balance. But I think it's something like that where we know when to focus and, and get stuff done and get inspired and get immersed and do a lot. I always think of, I've moved a lot of times and it's incredible what you can do when you're moving, you're pulling all nighters, you're up till 2am, you're moving so many boxes at the end of a day. You're like, I did a lot today, but I'm not going to move every day of my life. I use that energy for that. And then there's time to retreat. It's, it's the Tao, it's the balance. There's the time to hustle and the time to relax and rest and regenerate. And I think that's a really important thing to recognize. So when you're working with people, how do you sort of help them with that and integrate that sort of balance, if you will? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Cause I find that word annoying too. Cause I think, it, <laughs> I think it's like a, it's like a flow, right? Like balance doesn't mean the same thing every hour or every day. Right. It's like, you're not 25% this and 14%, you know, it's like, yeah, it's a flow through whatever whatever is balanced for you in that moment. And I love what you said before I talk about how I do it with my clients. I I just wanted to mention I love what you said about like surrender is great, but it's not like you just I, I'm gonna make up words, but it's not like you just throw your hands up right and like stop doing things right. You still get to use that part of yourself and that muscle that you developed when I very. <laughs> When I very first started working with my first mentor, she's amazing. You know, she's this like eight figure spiritual entrepreneur. She's like no one I've ever met before. I just adore this woman. But she was teaching me concepts and I was tapping into this like more spiritual surrendered feminine side. And I was so uncomfortable because it was like, you know, that movement, that action is an addiction, right? If it, it's the way you you make your, your worth, your value, all that stuff. And it's really uncomfortable to stop moving when you've been moving as, as long as I had, because there was a lot of crap I had to deal with, right? A lot of emotions I hadn't dealt with a lot of, you know, guilt and all this stuff. So 
but it's funny because like the first year in my business, I was basically like sitting in the corner meditating and like doing the inner work and all of this stuff. And yeah, I had some, you know, some stuff happen in my business, but it certainly wasn't to the extent that I thought was going to happen. So this is where the balance comes in, right? You can't just do the inner work, but you also can't just do the hustle. Um, and, and when I work with my clients, there's kind of a four-phase process that we go through, right? And they're not sequential. It's not, you know, it's not like first we do phase one and then we do phase two, but it's like there's these four phases that we move in and out through. And phase one is really that like deconditioning phase. You know, it's like questioning the beliefs, the stories, the, you know, the worth the way that we feel about ourselves, the the things that we believe about the universe and the way the world works and all of that stuff, right? Because so much of what we think we know, what we believe is facts, the way we think the world works is just because that's what we've been conditioned throughout our life to believe. And so just the act of starting to question the beliefs you have or the facts, you know, the quote unquote facts is really super empowering because it's like, oh, well, I have been living by this default set of rules that I was handed and that's obviously not working for me, right? So actually, if I can question those rules and start to look at, well, actually, what do I believe, right? What do I believe about myself? What do I believe about reality? What do I believe about, you know, why I'm here or, or any of those questions starts to empower you to go, actually, I don't have to live by someone else's rules. Mm. I don't have to take this as fact just because millions of people are living this way, right? Or because my guidance counselor in the 10th grade told me that this was the way it was and I needed to go to college and get a good job or I was going to be homeless or whatever, you know? And so really starting to question like the basis of your reality is so eye-opening and empowering because what happens is through that questioning, you actually start to open the portal to hear more of your higher self or spirit or whatever you want to call it, right? Hear your soul. Because you're going to start to hear the things that that have been the messages that have been coming to you all along, simply through questioning that reality. You're opening the door to another possibility. And the amount, (laughs) I honestly think, even if I just stopped there, right, that work is so powerful. But it's like the amount of, of, permission slips like we were talking about before right it's like just being the permission slip of possibility just opening the door to hey actually this is your life and your reality and you have every right to question what you've been told to choose a new way to start to explore what's really really true for you and move that into becoming a conscious creator and valuing yourself enough to give yourself permission. One of my favorite sayings, and it just popped into my head, so of course it was spirit, um, is that, is this. If I loved myself unconditionally, right? If I was so deeply, madly, unconditionally in love with myself, would I really stop myself from living the life that I want, that I feel, you know, is calling to me, that's pulling me forward? Because I guarantee you, if you fall in love with yourself that deeply, you would never stand in your own way again. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. That's a really good one. I often think if I believed and knew of unlimited possibility, would I 
be doing this? Would I hold back on that? Would I still launch this program? Would I invest in whatever? And it's, it's a similar question, but I love that. If I love myself so fully and unconditionally, would I hold myself back? That's so beautiful. And I love the, yeah, yeah. You'd say, no, go girl, like go (laughs) get on, do your thing. You know, you're supported. Um, I love the, the deconditioning, uh, topic and, and really looking at that because I think, and I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on this, but part of the beginning is the awareness that you even have been conditioned because, and I'm sure you know this, but a really easy way to tell what your conditioning is, is say it's around money and you, you know, you you're struggling or whatever. And I say, okay, tell me about your relationship with money what comes out next, which is like, Oh, it's just so hard to make. And then there's always bills. And I just feel that this, and I never get ahead. You have been conditioned to think that you can never get ahead, that money's hard to make. Like when you really break it down, that's not a sign written in the sky. I'll say to clients, there's no sign that God says money is hard to make. Like to one person, it's easy to someone else. They find it another person. They can never seem to get ahead. It's not innately anything. So that, that first realization I have been conditioned because at first we, we fight to hold on to our limits. We're like, no, but look, you know, Erica, my bank account. And like, look, it is hard to make. I work this many hours. I only, you know, facts, facts, facts. It's hard to make. Okay. But that was a conditioning that created, as you touched on is you, you created that experience with that conditioning, not your fault, but it is also true. So I love that, that at first it's like this awareness of how you've actually been deeply conditioned in every area of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And awareness is something I talk about a lot too, because it is number one, right? If you are not aware of something, you cannot change it because you don't know it's there. It's the difference between like, if you talk about manifestation, right? It's the difference between conscious manifestation and unconscious manifestation. Doesn't mean you're not manifesting. You're manifesting all the time. It's just the way the universe works. The question is, are you aware of it? And are you choosing what you're manifesting based on what you actually want or the conditioning that you've got running under the surface, right? It's the same thing. It's like, until you're aware and you're, and for me, awareness is simply this. It's You have enough knowledge to know that there might be something else going on that you didn't know before, right? And you're aware enough to take a second and go and question it, right? Whether it's, you know, something you believe, whether it's an emotion you're having, whether it's an experience you're seeing, like, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just that moment of like, hold on a second. Is this really true for me? is this really what I want? Is this really, you know, what I believe? Is this really true for me? It's just that moment of like, I see this thing and I'm stepping back enough to question it, whatever it is. And that is the most powerful skill you can ever develop. Because if you can develop the ability to cultivate awareness in that way and take a step back and to respond instead of react, you can change your entire life. There's nothing in you or your life that you can't change once you become aware of it. But if you're not aware of it, there's no way to change it because you don't even know it exists or that other possibilities exist. Mm, And that sounds so crucial in the journey from hustle into more of flow or into balance or ease or whatever, right? Because it's that, yeah, it's that conditioning. And I love asking like, is this true for me? Because there's some things where in one ways, 
in one way, I'll be doing something. It's like, do I even want to be doing this? Do I even want to commit to this? Or is this something that actually lights me up? No. Okay. Permission to not do it. But then it's also can work on the flip side. Say I'm going to go get a massage and, and I have thoughts of like, Oh, I shouldn't spend my money or I should be working. Asking yourself there, is this true to me? Is this something that is in my highest good and does feel good and is part of my abundant life? Heck yeah. So then that's your permission slip. Go do it. Right. It's like, I love that question because it is a really great truth teller. And to touch on in the very beginning, when you said you weren't listening to your soul, you were just in hustle and flow. That's a beautiful way to tune into your soul more. Yeah. And that is why it was so uncomfortable when I first started slowing down. It's because I was so, I was running as fast as I could because I felt safe in the movement. Right. And so when you stop moving and if anyone's listening to this and you're like, this is so me, like I'm so in this like hustle, hustle, high achiever, it's going to be uncomfortable. Change always is right. Change is all about moving beyond your comfort zone, which means you're going to be uncomfortable. There's no way to avoid it, but understand it for what it is. It's not because you should be moving. It's because movement is where you're comfortable and you're kind of addicted to that feeling. It's where you feel safe, right? So understanding that slowing down, your body is going to, going to react, right? Your mind is going to freak out, right? There's going to be this whole like response to, it's almost like a junkie coming off, you know, a drug. It's like, you are going to have a visceral response that makes you feel uncomfortable. That is a sign that you're actually doing the right thing. You're moving beyond your comfort zone, right? And so the more you can sit in that, the more you can can be okay experiencing things that feel uncomfortable, the more you're going to be able to decondition yourself from needing that hustle. Because the only way to do it is to sit in the stillness and to feel mm. uncomfortable and to, you know, look at all the stories and all the stuff that comes up telling you that you're worthless and you should be working harder and like all of this stuff that comes up. You're going to have to let that flow through and over you because there's no way to avoid the deconditioning phase. And it's not always comfortable, right? It doesn't have to be hard, but it's not always comfortable. And I really wanted to avoid it. I'll be honest. Like for me, it was like, it was really, really uncomfortable to feel all of that stuff. And I had all these stories about, oh, well, the reason you feel that way is because you should be doing more and all of that stuff. So just know that that's just part of the process. Whatever it is, is for you, there is a part of the process that requires that that being uncomfortable because it mm. is change and it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm. But it's also totally worth it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And, and in that space is also, as you move through your junk, that's where your inspiration is. And that's where sort of, if you are in a business, your next program idea or collaboration or ideas for your retreat or whatever it is, right. Things can bubble up as well. Mm -hmm. Um, they do bubble up when you create space. I've been saying that a lot to people lately. I'm like, space is source synonymous with source space equals source. And that's when we can bring space into our physical life, our mental life, some spiritual space, that's when source can really speak to us. And then when you are ready to get back in and dive into the action piece again, it'll feel so much better because you had that 
recalibration or something for lack of better word. And you were fed the next step inspired. The spark was set. And now you can't wait to go out in action instead of just filling, 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 filling with no space between to actually check in with source and be like, is this actually my next step? Or something I do is like, I just create a whole lot of work for myself and I'll witness. I'm like in the morning, I didn't have this. And then I did one thing and I'm like, Oh, I'll just create an image into this, into that, into this. And pretty soon my entire day is gone. I'm like, why did I create so much work for myself? Cause it's uncomfortable to be in the space, you know, but that's where your gold's going to come through anyway. Yeah. Because it's like, if you were going to go out and buy new clothes, but your closet was jam packed, you can't go get new clothes. There's nowhere to put them. Or like, say you're like writing a book, right. And all of a sudden your notebook's full or your computer's out of space or whatever, you can't create anything because there's no space for it. It's exactly the same way. And one of, there's a tool that I love to use that I I love to share with my clients and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, about like listening to the, listening to the whispers or whatever. Right. And the deconditioning, if you close your eyes and like really breathe into your heart. And I use this tactic of like letting your consciousness settle in your heart. We often think our mind is our consciousness, but it's not mm-hmm. right. Our mind, our brain is just another part of our physical body. You can actually move your consciousness into your heart, which is the portal to spirit, right? It's the portal to source. And if you close your eyes and you breathe into your heart and you imagine like your consciousness riding an elevator or taking the stairs or just sinking down until you can really feel it in your heart and then ask yourself or have someone ask you the question you're looking for an answer to. And the immediate response when you're in your heart, that first three seconds, that's your soul talking to you. That is the right answer for you. And then immediately following that, your mind's going to like pop off and you're going to second guess yourself and all this noise is going to start bubbling up and all this stuff is going on. But that initial three second response from your heart, from that soul portal is the answer you're, you're looking for. I love that the power of our heart. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I deeply, um, believe in that as well. We think it's either in our brain or even like in our third eye. Yes. All of these centers are very powerful, but your heart knows everything. Your heart is like the language of source coming through. And even people say your gut, and I get what they mean when you say your gut, your gut feeling. Yes. But your gut is so closely linked to your brain. You know, if you think of a stressful thought, your gut tightens and you could feel nauseous in a second, that's not source. Whereas the heart is the one saying like, get up on stage, anyway, or you can do this, or you're meant for this or whatever your heart is giving you that reassuring, um, source, direct source message. Um, and I, I love that, that whole exercise sounds so beautiful. Um, so what are your, if you don't want to, or if you don't mind sharing, what are the other phases? So you were talking about deconstructing or de- deconditioning. Uh, yeah, yeah. deconditioning. So there's, there's deconditioning and then there's this like expansive space, right? Like as you've de- and like I said, they're not in order, but So you decondition, you get back to like releasing some of that stuff. You question it, right? So the next phase would really be like the expansive phase. It's the creation phase. It's the question of like, what do I really want? Who am I really, you know, it's that exploration, like playful phase because you're, you're releasing the old rules, but just because you've released the old rules and the old conditioning doesn't mean you necessarily know what you want, right? Depending on how long you've spent living this life and being conditioned and all of that stuff. What I hear a lot from my clients is like, yeah, that's great and all well and good, but now what? Like, I don't know what I want from this space. And if you say to people, myself included at one point, like limitless possibilities, all possibilities exist. What would you like to create? 
that is almost too much power and too much freedom for someone who's spent so long being in that like limited conditioned phase, right? And so it's all about really exploring and getting back in touch with like playfulness and passion and curiosity and all of the things that like finding the things that light you up from the inside out, right? So there's this whole like playful creation, what's possible for me? What am I really interested in or attracted to or excited by? And by the way, this never ends, right? This, like I said, these are not sequential and like over the year or six months or whatever that we're together, you go through these four phases and then you're good, right? Like this is, this is just getting you back in touch. So you go through that. And then we go into the re, what I call the reconditioning phase. And this is where now that we know that like what lights you up and we've played in that space, it's like, okay, well, what is the conditioning that would actually be supportive of you living that kind of life, right? And this is where a lot of people will talk about like limiting beliefs or rewiring your thoughts or whatever. It's that, but it's also emotions, it's physicality, it's, you know, identity is a big part of the work that we do. So it's really like, how do I become the version of me that actually lives that life? Um, and then there's an integration phase, which is like, okay, so we've gone through all of this stuff, right? And we know it's not over because it's a journey. I'm, there's going to be a point where I go through all of this stuff again. It's just a way of being. And so yeah. the integration phase is really about like locking that in, in terms of like, this is a way of being. I never have to stop, right? I get to continue to play. I get to change my mind at any moment, right? If I say I want something and I create something and I don't like it or it's not for me, it doesn't mean I screwed up. It just means I get to make a new decision. So the integration phase is really about like this just being the lifestyle and the way of being and the way of creating in life. That is so amazing. That's so similar to the style I teach. And I think it's also because truth is truth, right? When you're a channel and you see life as it is, and even though we can only see a small portion being human and being limited, um, truth is truth. And this is the way that it works. You know, everybody listening, like this is the gold here. There's a deconditioning. And then we do, I love that play, that expansiveness. I like to invite clients to bring their inner child forward after we go out through a little bit of, you know, just some healing and some integration. It's like, now, how does she want to play and how does she want to create? And when I get into that mode, I'm skipping around. If I'm out on a run, I start like galloping or being more just like, childlike fun. I'll be painting or making jewelry or just kind of just fun, playful, what, what feels good, you know, and then that reconditioning and I'll do something with clients. Once we get to that reconditioning where I talk about life rules and it's very similar to what you're saying, I'm like, now, how do you want life to go? And when I get someone to the place where they know, for instance, the more fun I have, the more money I make and they sink into the more fun I have, the more money I make. And then they're going Talia, I took the whole day off and took myself out for lunch. And I got a notification that I got a new client or some random rebate. And I'm like, there you go. And then the belief starts coming in more because they see evidence and it's, and then it's like, oh my God, I can make up rules for this life, which is totally what you're saying. What, you know, what, it, what would be supportive to you? What rules would enhance your life? And one that I like to say to myself is there is enough time for everything. And what that means to me is I often feel like there's not enough time. There's not enough time. And instead of just going like, you have the same amount of time as everyone else deal with it. It's almost like, no, the really important things will always make space for themselves, or I can always expand and bend time. There is enough time. So 
take the day off or relax about it. You'll figure it out. And so anyway, it's endless, right? The rules we can make for ourselves. And I just love that. And I'd love to also ask you about like the now moving through this phase and getting into the magic or the flow and what that's like for you, what your clients start experiencing once we kind of enter more of this flow, although we all are are going through all of the phases all the time, but (laughs) yeah. Talk about the magic for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. I love the word magic. Like, you know, it's for me, there was a time like we talked about where it was like, okay, I'm creating externally so that I can feel a certain way. Right. But now I'm in the space and this is something that I find in my clients a lot too, when they realize this is even a possibility. It's like, it's no longer about creating money or creating, you know, relationships or whatever. Like, yes, I love the physical stuff. All of that stuff is you get to have it all. You get to experience it all. I really love money. Like I love what money does. I love travel. You know, I love flying first class. Like I love all of that stuff. But I, what I love more than that is magic. It's the feeling of that like delight from when you were a kid, when you were like surprised by something or something turned out better than expected or, you know, the wonder and the joy and the magic of just how amazing life can really be, right? And when you get into flow in that way and you really tap in and you're really like embodying that version of you that is that is soul, that is spirit, you know, that is that playful creative energy that really came to this life to experience, right? The only reason you're here is to experience something you can't experience when you're not here, right? And when you tap into that playful energy, then things like that start happening, right? Magic and miracles are a normal daily occurrence for me, right? This is, and this is, this is a reconditioning that I've done because it's like, I want life to blow my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't just want to sit down and journal about how I want to create my life and like consciously manifest exactly what I wrote down. Like that to me is, it was fun for a minute, but now it's kind of boring. I want life to blow my mind. I yeah. want to be surprised and delighted by how good it can be. Right. And I think that's when people talk about ascension or expansion, I think that's really what we're moving to is like letting go of the control. First, we had to let go of the struggle. Now we're moving into letting go of the control so that we can actually experience a life that's way more fun and magical and, and amazing than we could even dream up with our minds. Right. Yeah. And it does get that way where like, that's not only what it can be, it's what it's meant to be. Like you cannot, I've said this so many times on the show, you could not micromanage your life better than source could. And I, I use the example in one episode about if you got to plan like your birthday party or whatever, and you could have anything, you could be on a yacht or you could have, you know, Paul McCartney come sing for you or whoever you want to show up. I don't know that totally dated me, but anyway, <laughs> Um, if you, whatever you wanted, whatever you could dream of, you could have it all. The universe can still do better because it adds the element of surprise of better than what you could think of, right? Your brain is limited. So I love that you say that. And I love hearing from clients. The other day I was on a call and this girl, um, one of her signs with a spirit guide is an iris. It's a purple iris. And she was saying that 
um, she saw the iris on the back of this vehicle. And then there was this little sticker right under that said, wink, wink. And she's like, I just laughed because she had been like asking for guidance. It's like, there's your iris. And then even a sticker that says like, wink, wink. It's like, you can't tell me they're not there. The universe is not there interacting with you. And that is for me, what the magic is, is like, you can't micromanage that shit. It's so good. (laughs) No. And when you think about it, two things that I'm glad you brought this up because there's two things. When you really think about it, your ability to think up what you would like to create is limited by what you've experienced or seen in this lifetime, whether you've seen it in real life or you've seen it in, you know, somebody else's life or on TV or whatever, right? You're still limited by what your brain believes is true. Okay. Where when spirits creating, I mean, we're talking about the ultimate creative energy of the universe, the energy that has literally created galaxies, has created everything on this planet, right? There's nothing that can't be created when you let source do it. And so it totally is like, well, why would I try to limit my own delight? by sticking in the box of what I believe is possible, right? So when you turn that over to sources, it's like, oh yeah, of course I get my mind blown. Yeah. And the other piece of that is um, I used to, I haven't done this in a while, but I'm now all my clients are gonna get this. I used to like assign my new clients homework to really like start listening to their spirit guides or their higher self or intuition or whatever you wanna call it, right? And it would be stupid things like go for a drive and just, left, right, center, right? Left, right, center. At every intersection, just go with whatever your gut instinct is. And the stories I would get back would be hilarious because it would end up being like they pulled up in front of this house that was from this era in their childhood when they were trying to get this this question answered as an adult and they like showed up at their childhood home of a best friend or whatever, right? Or like seeing these crazy signs. And it's like, just give yourself the opportunity to play and watch what happens, right? Watch what happens. And you're going to second guess it and tell yourself that it's just like (laughs) coincidence or whatever. But when you play long enough, pretty soon you can't pretend pretend it's coincidence anymore because it's like crazy stuff starts happening. Oh, I love that. That's so funny. I do that. Something similar in one of my programs, um, awakened intuition and week one, it's like, okay, your huge homework, go be led. (laughs) after a whole training about it, right. About allowing and being led. And they're like, what do you mean? And it's like, okay, on your way to work. I love how you said that left, right, center, like just allow yourself to be guided what you're going to wear for the day, what breakfast to eat. And it's like, well, I've had toast with an apple for the last 10 years. It's like, does your body want toast with an apple or (laughs) is your body wanting a smoothie today or to fast or just a big bowl of fruit or some eggs? Like, you know, it, it'll be surprising when you allow yourself to be led. And I, I, same thing. I hear all these stories of like on the way home, I just was called to turn left. And not only did I avoid an accident, but I also found this beach spot. And, you know, I went and I realized I had a notebook in the car and then pretty soon I was writing and I got this idea. And it's like, yeah, that's what happens when you be led and allow yourself to be guided. And that is the magic. I love that you say that because when you, and I think that's surrender as well in essence 
presence is like, it's not about inaction. And, you know, we touched on that a few minutes ago. I say to people, you can't surrender a Lamborghini into your garage from the couch. Like you just can't, but you can fall back into flow and magic and watch how you're being led. Watch how your emotions are guiding you, the signs and signals, your nudges are guiding you. And that to me is kind of what we're trying to do with surrender is like, stop forcing everything and just doing your automatic actions based usually from control and lack and fear and surrender into those nudges. Yeah, absolutely. And I hated that word so much because to me, surrender meant that like I was giving up, right? Yeah, That was my association. And I was like, well, I don't want to surrender. You know, I want to take part in my own life. Well, surrender doesn't mean that. It means that you are letting yourself be led. I mean, that's really all it means, right? You're just surrendering into like the knowledge and the guidance and the support that is always around you that you're not allowing yourself to receive. It's not that you're no longer, you know, in the driver's seat of your own life. It's not that you no longer have any say in what you're doing or what you're experiencing. Of course you do, right? Like we all have free will. We all have the ability to create what we want, but it's like, (laughs) you have the ability to create what you want but again if you surrender into source spirit your higher self or whatever you're going to be surprised and delighted by how magical and amazing what you actually experience is so far beyond what you could have created for yourself yeah totally and I think that that is a really important part of surrender is like instead of the hows and all that getting so obsessed with like, but how are 20 people going to join my program? Or how am I going to get the money to pay off the debt or go to Bali or do this instead of that? That's another opportunity to surrender, to go like, I trust the desire. What I say is like the desire is placed in my heart for a reason, the strong desire, the strong pull. So I trust that the universe is going to help me connect those dots. And that's it. I will, you know, I say to my clients all the time, like the, the, the second part of that pledge or prayer is to also say, I will act when I'm guided. Right. And I'd like to actually touch on that and ask about the action piece. Cause I really believe in taking leaps. I really believe that the universe rewards you when you take bold, inspired action. And if you can be just grounded into faith and trust and take massive moves, it's like, that's really where a lot of magic is able to like manifest, like physically show up in your existence. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. Cause like I mentioned before, right? Like in the beginning, I was like sitting in the corner, meditating, doing the inner work and like, why is, why is my million dollars not here yet? Right. Why are these thousand people not here yet or whatever? Right. Cause I, I have known for a long time that I'm here to have a massive impact. Right. And I think there's a lot of us here that are here for that, but it's understanding there's a difference between well it goes right back to being led right like massive inspired action is the action that we take based on the being led that's happening and the only way we get there is by actually creating that space that we were talking about so that we can hear the messages so that we can do the things and there are things that we can do to get us in that state Right. Because I think in the beginning, wherever the beginning is, but I think in the beginning, what happens is people go, okay, massive inspired action or taking bold leaps or, or aligned action or all of these things. But I don't really know what that means because mm-hmm. I've been hustling my whole life. Right. And so if you're in a space where you're like, I'm trying to lean into surrender, but I still want to show up, I still want to do the things. Right. I still want to take the bold actions. 
you can, you can consciously create a system or a space for you to be able to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of just like, I'm sitting on my couch, not knowing what to do, not sure. Like I had an idea to do something, but I'm not sure if it was inspired action or I'm not sure it's the right thing to do. Right. Like there's all of the second guessing that can come because it's a new thing. So what I like to do and what I've, I've done with a lot of my clients is like, okay, well, first of all, let's look at what you feel called to create. Right. If you're in a business like this and, and, you know, you're wanting to create a program or a course or whatever, or whatever, what is the motivation behind the creation? Because I think asking what the motivation behind the creation really unlocks the fact of whether are you doing it for a result or are you doing it because it actually feels like the next right thing to do. Right. So like you were talking about, like, if you want 20 people in your program, what's the motivation behind the 20 people? Is it really because that's the number that feels aligned and you know that there's 20 people out there that, that are meant to be in this and are really going to benefit from this? Or is it because you times those 20 people by the price of your program and it equaled $100,000 and you've heard people talking about six-figure launches and you really like to make $100,000 this month? Mm-hmm. Right? And again, no harm, no foul. Right? There's no judgment here. But if the motivation behind the action is creating the result so that you can feel a certain way, then we're back in that loop, that pattern, that conditioning of, I have to do X, Y, and Z in order to create this thing. And then I'll know that I'm worthy and I'll feel safe because I'll have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Mm -hmm. There's a level of control there, right? That's not actual surrender. It doesn't mean you can't create the thing. I mean, lots of people have created success this way, right? I'm one of those people. It's like, yeah, you can create that way, but there's still a level of control there and you're not surrendering to spirit and you're actually limiting your results. You're limiting your experience. You're limiting your results. There's probably something even better that's meant for you. And so when we can get back to the motivation behind the thing that I'm doing is really because I feel led to do it and it's the right next step for me. When you're in that space of really being led and you're consciously coming back because it's it's a muscle, right? It's like going to the gym. I had a mentor once that would call it the soul gym. It's like you're coming back to yourself over and over again and you're questioning through that awareness. Like, why am I doing this? What am I hoping to get from this? Is this really aligned for me? And when you know it's the aligned thing, I think it's easier to trust when you've when you've gotten to the point where you know it's the aligned thing and it's really what you're meant to be doing Mm. and then the actions that you're taking from that aligned place are the aligned actions right Mm -hmm. as long as you're questioning yourself and you're cultivating that awareness and you're being really present with it and you're making the space right instead of filling up your day with the to-do list you're actually making space whether that's checking in after every task or it's you know, setting a timer on your phone or whatever it is, you're coming back to that space of being open to the guidance and really questioning and being present with that. Then the action is the aligned action because you're present mm-hmm. in the moment and you're open to be guided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it will come. Those actions will come. And that's a place that has been really uncomfortable for me in the past. And I notice it, especially with clients that are highly driven, um, that there's, you know, it was happening a few weeks ago where I just, the message I was getting from one of my clients spirit team was like, she has to sit in this. And me as Talia wanted to help fix her problem and help <laughs> tell her, cause I'm her mentor and she's paying me and I need to help her through this. And she wants to fix her problem because she's got a thing that needs fixing in her opinion. Right. But once we move through, like you just have to be in it right now, 
very quickly, actually a whole new idea came forward and it was reaching out to this person that connected to that person. Pretty soon the problem was, was being remedied, but not from that, like desperate, I got to fix this. It was actually from like being the, in the mess for a minute, be in the uncertainty for a minute. And I'll say to people, if it's not inspired, don't act. That's actually like a caveat is like, yes, inspired action, inspired action. And I tell people, if I don't know what to do, I chill and I work on my energy or I go have a bath or I take myself out for a meal or I meditate or whatever feels right for me and stop actioning, um, in it to try to fix the problem. If there is something going on like that, which is your inspired action, right? The bath, the out to lunch, whatever it is. And that's the other thing that I think is important is like inspired action does not always make sense. It's not always logical, right? Like going to take a bath when I have a, a hundred things on my to-do list and I've got a huge launch coming up or whatever doesn't make any logical sense but what happens is as you know right you get in the bath and you have an idea or a thought pops into your head because you're relaxed or while you're in the bath someone reaches out to you for the thing that you needed or whatever right like and I think it's that level of trust of like just because it doesn't look like the thing that I've always been told I should be doing doesn't mean it's not the next right action Yes. Oh my goodness. I love that. My most successful launch and by successful, I mean the flow, the pieces just fit the right people joined. It was so epic. Um, I was talking to someone about what I did differently. And there was a few little things. The biggest thing I did is I had a bath every morning before I started work when I was in launch mode. And the first two were like super uncomfortable. I'm like, I should probably grab my phone. I'm like, don't grab your phone by like the third, fourth day. I'm like, man, meditation music and extra oils and, you know, doing face masks. And I just realized like, this is how I actually want to start my launch energy. And it's exactly that as I'm in the bath, I'm like, I feel like I was giving myself a scalp massage when that person registered instead of hunched over my computer being like, how many more posts and how much more do should I talk about this? Like that to me, isn't where the people feel the power of my program. Yeah. Because as you know, right. It doesn't, your landing pages, your, you know, however, your emails, whatever. The only thing that that is for is as a portal of the energy, right? It, it, the words you're writing isn't what's selling your people into your programs, right? They're coming to you because you are embodying the energy that they want to be. So if, if you're in the bathtub, <laughs> right, having an amazing start to your day and everything's just magically working out for you. That's what they want. That's why they're coming to you. So really our number one goal as humans, as entrepreneurs, as guides, as permission slips, whatever, is always to be in the energy that feels the best to us, that is that is the best for us because we are activating other people and attracting other people through that energy. Everything else is just like something for a human body to do, you know? <laughs> something to fill the space. Yeah. Yeah. That is so funny. Oh man. This has been such a beautiful conversation. I love all of this. I did want to ask you before we go, um, what do you, what's your take on quantum leaping? So for me, quantum leaping is really, I mean, it's accessing the quantum field, right. To create whatever it is you want, but the way that you do that is really by shifting your identity. Um, and we had this conversation with before and for your, I mean, your audience doesn't know, we don't actually know each other. This is our first interaction. I'm really glad we ran across to each other, but it's of course, synchronicities, right? We're here together for a reason. Um, and one of my most favorite 
processes that I've ever channeled or created or however you want to call it is identity recalibration. Because what I've been shown and what I truly believe to be true is that within you, there are an infinite number of identities, right? There are an infinite number of expressions of who you really are. Um, and we can kind of put them on like changing our outfit, right? It's like it, if you really want to create quantum leaps in your life, and what I mean by quantum leaps is like results that blow the mind, right? Like whatever your goal is creating, you know, money or relationships or body or whatever it is in an amount of time that people will look at you and go, that's crazy. How did you do that? That's impossible. Right. To me, that's what a quantum leap is. It's like, it blows logic out of the water. And the fastest way I found to do that, or the, the way that I found to be the most powerful way to do that is really just by accessing a version of you that's already created those results or is living that life. Right. Because that version of you exists within you already. Um, if we really want to get into quantum, we can talk about how all things exist in the same period of time and, you know, really start mind bending. But literally, they're starting to prove this with science, right? They're really actually starting to prove that that time is not linear, that that all of this stuff that we're talking about is really true. And so you have the ability to tap into the version of you that already has the results, the lifestyle whatever it is you're looking to create in this moment. And by doing that, the reason you can quantum leap your results is because you already have the confidence, you already have the knowledge, you already have the like energetic signature, right? You have everything on every layer that you need to be able to, to create those results because you're already that person. Mm. And so it's so powerful and fun, right? Magical, fun. <laughs> To be able to just access that. And we often, because of our conditioning, right, think that that to change who we are or to change our beliefs or to change our experience or whatever is going to take like slogging through all this work. And yeah, there's some work that happens, right? There's some healing that happens and there's stuff that you can dive into. But if you really do want to create quantum leaps, this is how you do it. You just access that version of you across time and space who already has that reality. And then you become a magnet for the reality, right? It can't not happen. Mm, yep. <laughs> That's just so beautifully said. I 100% agree. Um, and that was such a big game changer in my life, like huge. Of course the idea came in the shower, but I just saw <laughs> like they all come. Um, <laughs> I, I saw if I was a new person today, the law of attraction, which is always happening, which I fully believe in is always bouncing off of us, responding to our field, responding to our energy and our emotions, our energy and our emotions and our thoughts create our actions. Law of attraction is also bouncing off of those and bringing more of it to us, obviously. And so I had this realization of like, if I stepped out of the shower as the millionaire me or the obsessively in love with myself, trust, faith, I felt supported. I felt all these things that I wanted to feel my life would dramatically change like now, like in 24 hours, 48 hours, a month, it would be incredible. And I saw it all in my intuition. My guides were just like delivering it straight to me that I could not, I, I just made so much sense. And that's where the, her work started and where I started, you know, hashing that and, and, or not hashing it, but like creating that tool. My style is like, who do you need to be to get there? Who do I need to be? And, and the different facets of that as well, because I also like to teach people how she 
isn't perfect. She still has thoughts of sabotage or might be like, oh, you know, I'll work out later, but she also knows better. So she witnesses that and goes, oh, no, no, now the law of diminishing intent. If I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. So, you know, whatever it is, she still works with herself because she has that love and that confidence and that awareness. And so, yeah, it's just so, so powerful. And I love that you touched on that because that's exactly to me what quantum leap is as well. I'm so glad you mentioned that she's not perfect because I think this is such a problem in the industry is we have, I think we have a, Uh, an epidemic of people who are exploring the law of attraction and manifestation and what that really means and somehow have come to believe that it means you have to be perfect and you can't ever have a thought that's contradictory to what you want or you can't ever have doubt in yourself Mm -hmm. or whatever. You can fully 1000% create a freaking epic life and I'm pretty sure you will always have thoughts that disagree with that or moments where you don't feel good enough or you know all of these things it's not about perfection it's about permission it's Mm. about giving yourself permission to live that life and I think we do that by falling in love with ourselves because that's when we feel worthy and deserving of all of it right and we love ourselves not in spite of our quote-unquote flaws but because they make us a whole person Oh, I love that. What a beautiful reframe. It's not perfect. It's permission because that's something that it comes up over and over. Even clients that have that realization, they get back sucked into the perfection and they think that her means eating like kale salads all day. And it's like, no, actually she gives herself permission to have the dessert and make a batch of cookies, have some wine, like, because she knows that that's, what's bringing your joy in that moment. She's also aware if she's eating her feelings or coping or whatever, but to give permission to just have the burger or, you know, exercise or don't, and you're still worthy enough, whole, complete, even if you chose not to work out today, when you said you would, like she gives permission to just be, and not be so stressed about everything. And, you know, so many shoulds and so much pressure. So I love that you said that because we will always have triggers. The triggers are our portals to expansion. Triggers are the place where sources like, Ooh, there's a, there's somewhere we can expand. There's somewhere we can expand. Right. And so she will have triggers, but she has that awareness. She probably has her support system. She, you know, takes care of her mental, spiritual health gets held and held like supported and whatever else to move through those things, you know, that's, that is part of it too. Yeah, absolutely. So Erica, where can we, where can we find you? Where do you like to hang out? What do you have going on? How can people work with you? Uh, I spend a lot of time on Facebook and Instagram. They're my favorite. And, uh, actually, you know what, I'm going to send you a link since we've been talking about identity recalibration. If you want to share it with your audience, that's awesome. I have a PDF guide that talks all about identity recalibration and how you can actually tap into new identities and kind of just walk you through the process if you're curious of the process we've been talking about. Um, But yeah, definitely come find me on Facebook, Instagram. Thank you for that guide. I will definitely put the links, all of your links below Facebook, Instagram, the free guide. Um, I really appreciate that so much. I can't wait to check that out. Make sure everybody to click on the link and download that and figure out and learn from Erica how to, um, you know, reconstruct and shift your identity into one that really serves you. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for this conversation. It's been so amazing. And just Thanks for the work you're doing in the world. It's really special and important. 
Thank you too. I am so glad we connected and uh, <laughs> I've really enjoyed this conversation and yeah, you're just amazing. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I genuinely hope that it helped you in your life and it inspired you. If you want to find more from me and my guests, make sure to check the link in the show notes, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. I am at Talia Joy Manifestation. Make sure to take a screenshot that you're listening to the show. Come and tag us over on Instagram. Let us know your takeaways. We love to hear about people manifesting their dream lives. So make sure to check the link in the show notes. There are also some free goodies down there for you. I'll see you in the next episode.